welcome to the Breaking Wax Podcast. All right, welcome back. Uh, this is season two, episode two, and today I'm I'm pretty excited. I was, this was highly recommended to me on Instagram. So we have Matt, also known as Titty Subs, on Instagram. What's going on, man? What's going on? I'm glad to be here. I don't know who highly recommended me, but Always, it's funny, like, I, I have this small podcast. I don't know if people listen or don't listen. I, I just do it because I like doing it. Um, I'm always looking for something to do. And uh, and and one of the group chats, oh, actually, I know which one it was. So I'm in a, a Tops Now group chat where um, Eric from Insta Trading Guards has made this group where he's a platinum member at Tops. Do you know what that is? Yeah, yeah, I do. So he's a platinum member. and they that, have he buys a lot of, that means he buys a lot of Tops Now. A lot of tops now. So he has Dibzo, and uh, he doesn't charge a premium. So if you get invited to the group, he he hooks you up with tops now. Um, nice. Well, yeah. So the way it works is he gets an email, and and they ask him to reserve it. So it's kind of shitty for the non tops now platinum members. But That's if you're in the group, why no one else can get any one on ones and number to five stuff. So they can't get the one on ones, but okay. yes, everything else is a uh, fair game. So like the Otani MVP. I was able to get the number to 10 uh, on card Otani MVP. Yeah, so it's it's cool in that aspect. But, yeah, so Eric, he made a group chat, and somebody in the group chat was like, uh, hey, Don, when are you going to do the podcast again? You should get titty subs in there because uh, you actually, I think, put on your story, I guess nobody wants me on their podcast. And I was like, oh. I don't think I follow the right people or talk about the right stuff. But who knows? <laughs> Or I'm just not entertaining. Probably a combination of all of that. Yeah, it's a social media is such a it's a a weird game, I guess. You know, Um, I know we were talking earlier, so you and I are are about the same age, and it's like I feel I feel like I get it, and then sometimes I don't get it at all. Um, Yeah, I didn't even get on Instagram until I don't know two or three years ago. And then uh, it makes me feel like an old man, but I didn't. I, I see all this ten-year challenge stuff on Facebook and everywhere, and I think I started my Facebook page like ten years ago. Like I didn't even have. I mean, I was four or five years late for that. Yeah, yeah, I, I was too. The only reason, so I, I'm in the military, but uh, the only reason I started a Facebook was just be so family and friends could see photos of the kids and kind of what we're doing since we don't live at home you know but uh yeah and i don't go on facebook at all and honestly i like i like facebook for card stuff but i like the interactions with people on instagram better but if i'm buying and selling like facebook's my go-to spot oh i was just talking to um lane uh yeah yeah. ljk card right yeah i was talking to him yesterday for a little bit the Facebook is like, um, you know, people are really big on Raz and stuff, and Facebook is an instant fill. Oh, yeah. If you, where Instagram, I've noticed, has been really slow as far as selling stuff, even trading stuff. Um, I feel like it's the same 10 people all the time that are like, hey, well, you know, and I'm, and I'm the type of guy where I'm not firm on prices. I've talked about this before. A lot of these younger guys, even though they're trying to move something, they're not because they're like – firm to the penny on the price on stuff where if i'm trying to move something there's always wiggle room yeah see i my i'm kind of i don't know if i'm not a younger guy but i'm kind of the same way where i'm firm like i'm just going to make the price a good price right off the bat because i don't want to deal with the back and forth like 
let's not waste each other's time. Let's just set a good price and set a negotiating and get it done. So I'm kind of on that end of that, that spectrum. No, no, no. And that's awesome. So that's, yeah. What I'm saying is these younger guys are, yeah, no, I get it. This, this card (laughs) sold for a hundred on eBay. I want a hundred plus shipping no matter what. And I'm like, well, there's a little wiggle room there because if you sold it on eBay, it's like yeah, exactly. what, 85%, you know? So I'm like, can we at least try to start somewhere near there? I think a lot but, of that is the people that just got into the hobby in the past, like, year, two years that they only know, like, an up market and they've never done – they've never sold anything anywhere else and never had right. to worry about trying to make a few bucks somewhere here and losing money here and stuff like that. Right. Yeah, I, I just did a, a really big trade today and I, I lost – a lot of money and my wife doesn't listen to the podcast i'm not worried about that but <laughs> it was a good it was a good amount of money but my, the guy i did the trade with he probably lost more money in the prices that i got the stuff from him for so it, it kind of works out i think well so. sometimes you sometimes you just gotta cut your losses and be like I'm, i don't want to look at this card anymore i'm yeah. gonna i'm gonna move into something else that's I'm I'm at that point now. Um, someone was telling me, have you ever sent anything to Starstock? I have not. Yeah, I'm not. I, I haven't really. Uh, to be completely honest, I don't really do anything with any of the fractional stuff or any of the vaults or any of the. I don't either. Or Starstock. I, I had a buddy who tells every time I see him at the card store, he's always telling me about Starstock, and he buys just like cheap stuff and loads up, and he's just one of those guys who's going to buy 500 of a card and keep it for two months and try to make a couple hundred bucks and just something right. to keep them busy. But yeah, that's not, not really my cup of tea. Okay. Yeah. Cause someone was telling me my, so my biggest problem is right. Like as I'm talking to you, I'm probably looking at like 40 boxes of cards of raw cards. Um, <laughs> and I don't want to categorize them. I don't want to go through them. I don't want to do anything. I just want to send them to someone and someone tell me like, yeah, you can sell these for a dollar or, these for 25 cents. I don't care. And if they want to take half of whatever the cut is, they can. Yeah. That's, See, I, that's... I stopped. I, I hated that part of uh, like the hobby. So when I right. got back into stuff like four or five years ago, you do all your breaks and you open stuff and you get tons of stuff like that. And I got so annoyed and, and my friends would call me a snob and make fun of me because I would just be like, I hate selling $15 cards. I hate dealing with the people that want to buy them. I hate, I just hate everything about it. Like it just annoyed me. Yeah. So I would just dump all of that stuff to just, I know like a couple card stores. I'd be like, here's $300 worth of cards. Give me $150 for it. I know you can make double or triple your money, but I just don't want to deal with it. Right. Right. It's just, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm there. Yeah, I'm in this, I'm in this. And so now I own like, I, I got like 50 cards total. I, I got two boxes. And when one of them gets full, I take it to one of my friends. I'm like, here, give me money for this, whatever. <laughs> like, I I try to limit what I have. Yeah, I'm I'm at that point with uh with a lot of stuff. I, I went a little crazy with the comic books. I started off just buying ones that I wanted as a kid that I knew I could never get, and then it slowly morphed into like, oh, I like that one. Let me get that. Oh, I like <laughs> that one too. Let me get that. So it's just, but I'm I'm trying to downsize and have. Um, quality not quantity so and that's that's like the biggest thing that i tried i've actually like i got, I got two friends that were we're in a group chat we're local we've known each other through other stuff before we kind of came back together with cards so that's kind of like my my circle and i try to tell those guys i'm like look just qu- quantity quantity is great but quality is what you want 
Right. Right. And it's, and it's hard to define what that quality is. Yeah. Uh, I think we got to find, you got to find what works. You got to find what works for you. Everybody's quality is different. Yeah. And that's, that's been my biggest surprise the last three years getting back into the hobby is, uh, the amount of money involved with cards. Is, oh, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely it's, ridiculous. I, you know, I'm not advocating for someone to rob anyone, but if you were going to rob anyone, I would rob the people at the card show. <laughs> so, I, I, <laughs> so on that, along those lines, so every, for the past, since uh, 2018, 19, 21, so three out of the last four years, obviously there was no national in 20. I help out with, um, our local card store. He's got a big setup, sets up at the national. I help him with all the shows. And one of the main focuses that we had last year at the national was security. And it's, it's, you have to, I mean, people in his shop, like he's had to upgrade his security. Thankfully, knock on wood. Uh, you see all these shops getting robbed and having theft issues. He hasn't had any issues, but he's upgraded. I mean, you're talking saves, um, gates at front and rear doors upgraded doors um under counters like locking drawers all that stuff you have to and that's i don't think people realize when they're walking around with their roller bag and they're a 20 year old kid getting off the airplane walking through chicago (laughs) that they have half a million dollars worth of cards yeah i mean you're not gonna walk around with half a million dollars in cash why would you do it with inventory like cards it makes no sense to me no it doesn't and that's uh I went to my, you know, because of work, COVID, and then just schedules not lining up. I went to my first show in three years. Um, it was Collectors Con Tampa, the first one over the summer. Okay. And, and uh, yeah, and walking around with the thousands of dollars worth of baseball cards and comic books I had with me at the time, I, I was stressed out. And I, Yeah, I feel the same way. And I'm not carrying around anywhere near what these other people are carrying around. No, not at all. I mean, there was a guy the first night was like, I got a uh, Patrick Mahomes, uh, I don't remember if it was an autograph, but it was a tie-dye rookie Patrick Mahomes uh, 9-5. Nice. And I was like, uh, you're just walking around holding that thing in your hand. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Yeah, well, I, I, one specific case, and, and if I mentioned the, the cards, it would probably someone would know who I'm talking about. But at the National, the guy comes up to our, uh, our booth. I mean, this is probably towards the end of one of the days. And it's literally just a teenager with seven, eight cards in his hand. Like, no bag, no backpack, nothing. And every single card that he was carrying was mid five figures to six yeah. figures and i'm just like dude at least like i don't know throw them in like a, a some sort of bag or something like right right yeah i just it stresses me out that i i, I think people i think what it comes down to is people don't realize that they're dealing with a ten thousand dollar cards every day they don't realize it's just commonplace to them yeah when, and it's, that's, and when I, it shouldn't be no it shouldn't and i and like for me, I'm I'm six five, two sixty five on a good day, right? So like, I, so you're a little I'm guy. A, yeah, I'm the, I'm the size of an NFL tight end. So like, <laughs> I, I'm not really super stressed out about someone, but I I still think about it. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm like, no, you, you got to. Yeah, that's like uh oh it's that Tampa show. So I I set up a table with my friends. Uh, I had three cases, and uh, it was like it was almost comical to try to figure out what people were going to pull out of their pocket, right? Like what you're saying. So one guy comes <laughs> up, 
and he's got this slab and he's like, oh, I have this company where uh, you slab your own card in this slab. So there's no grade. It's just basically if you don't want to put it in a top loader or in a one touch, yeah. you can put it in the slab, right? One of the, It's one of those companies that's not going to exist in two years. Yes. And, uh, and so I was like, oh, that's cool. And he's like, are you buying? And I was like, well, yeah, I'm always looking. I, you know, I'm at the point now where I'd rather trade for something I really want instead of forking over cash. But, um, yeah, what do you got? And he, he pulls out of uh, a Sapphire one-of-one. One, I think it was Maximo Acosta. And I was <laughs> like, dude, why, did you look at my three cases? Why would you come over here yeah. and ask me if I'm buying that? That's everything in all my cases probably isn't worth what that is. Are you nuts? Yeah, Get away I, from me. we saw I saw that a lot too. So what I what I normally do at the at the show is do the showcases for the for the guy. So we set up like a double booth, and he's got wax and singles and ten cent cards and everything. So I normally do the showcases because I'm a personable guy and I know how to deal with people. Blah blah blah, whatever. But uh, it's the same thing. You'll you'll have some kid come over and be like looking, trying to like get you down on a price on like a ten dollar card and pull out. 10 grand in cash out of his backpack and then you'll then i'll be like do you want to trade and then pull out five thousand dollar cards like crazy ten thousand dollar cards and i'm like what, what, what is happening here <laughs> like you yeah. definitely can't tell what anyone is going to have no you cannot tell at all and the kids are the worst <laughs> no it's crazy i it's i'm like i'm not jealous but you're kind of jealous when you're seeing like this 16 year old kid who got dropped off by his mom and he's got his his apache case filled with all these crazy patch autos and yep. crazy stuff. And I'm like, all right, well, how did this work? I mean, I had nice stuff when I was a kid, but it was like hundred dollar cards. <laughs> oh man. I I was just talking about this last week. Like I, I was a big Bo Jackson fan. So then I was like a Raiders fan and I was looking at all my old cards that I have. I just happened to pick them up over the summer from my parents' house. And like, God, they're worthless. Like just <laughs> cut, cut, cut diagonally. Like it looks like someone spiked the corners and then stuck it in a top loader. I'm like, what is this stuff? Yeah. that I, I was, uh, thankfully I, I pretty much sold all of my stuff when I was younger. So you get to high school and I wanted a car and I didn't care about cards anymore. I was able right. to sell kind of everything that I had back in like the late nineties, um, buy myself a car, thought everything was great. So I, I don't really have anything to dig through or look through. So that's might be good. That's probably, probably bad. Cause I'm sure I probably had some good stuff. Yeah. yeah I, it's probably not, it's probably better not to know. Cause I mean, even geez, in the last two years, some of the stuff I've sold, I, I look at the prices and I'm like, what was I thinking? And then other stuff, like uh, Kobe, Kobe White Prism bases that I sold yeah. for two. I think I sold forty of them at two dollars a pop. I was like, eh, that was probably a good move. Yeah, that's that probably worked out well. Yeah, I just uh, <laughs> I, I always like I always look back. I never feel bad about like stuff that I sold as long as I make as long as I make some money or get into a, a newer card or something different that I like. I never really feel bad about it. Right. But I still look back at some of the stuff and I'm like, I'm pretty sure I sold at one point. I had like. 50 or 60 like tops chrome update psa 10 sotos like and i was selling them for 40 bucks a piece yep. and those cards now are what 200 250 yeah i mean stuff like that is just like it was such a cheap thing because you would just buy them for five bucks grade them for 10 sell them for 40 50 bucks and it was just the way it works and now right. i look back and i'm like man all those wander franco bowman chrome base that i had 12 dollars in are now 150 dollars a piece <laughs> And I yeah. think I got $35 a card for. Yeah, it's a uh, God, everyone that um, 
loaded up on any base prism or 2019 basketball base prism is probably wondering what they were doing. Yeah. <laughs> See, I got out of, I got out of basketball, uh, like right before the pandemic started. Right. So at the, at the February, 2020, um, Philly show, I got rid of the last bit of, and all I had was like some Luca prism PSA tens and some Zion. Oh no, not Zion. Luca, Luca stuff, and I think I had like a uh, fast break blue true gem and stuff like that. But I was just like, I don't like the basketball market. Like it's not for me. I don't watch basketball. I don't follow it. The mo- the market's volatile as hell. Like it's just not for me. Yeah. And I just was like, I right, I'm I'm done with basketball at this point. And I probably should have saved kept stuff for another six months. But whatever. <laughs> yeah, and that's I I sold all my Luca Prism base PSA 10s. I remember I got $300 a pop for them. Yeah, that's that's was, when I got rid of mine too. And I was so stoked. And then it was like literally the next week they were hitting 1200 bucks and I was like what on earth is going on? So um I did the, I did the exact same thing. So I made a still one of my favorite deals and the card actually just sold again at Golden this weekend, but at the Philly show I traded like some Luca Prism PSA 10, some cash, I think maybe a Cunha, Bowman Chrome, and got a um, Mahomes Prism PSA or Mahomes Prism Auto BGS 10. So just wow. like the base, base auto. Yeah. Like at $3,500, it was the trade value. So this was March of 2020, right at the beginning of the pandemic. And right after that, you're, like you're saying $300 for Luca, they went to 1000 or $1,200. i am like, you got to be kidding me. Well, it worked out kind of great because the Mahomes, I ended up moving that like six weeks after I got it for five times what I traded for. Right. That was just when the market went absolutely insane. Mahomes stuff is, it's gone up and down, but it stayed pretty relatively high. Yeah, that, that card. So I traded that card at 17 or sold and trade for 17.5 was the value. And then right. it just sold this weekend. So what a year later for 25 or 26 at the golden auction like the exact exact card so guy still made 10 grand in a year so he did all right as well yeah no you can't be mad about that but the only but i do wish i still had that card that's one there's like two cards that i wish i still had and that's one of them yeah i I only have one well actually there's a few that i wish i still had but there's just one that i wish i would not have gotten rid of not knowing what i know now and that was uh this guy uh tim card stash he um, razzed a Michael Jordan rookie sticker, PSA 9. And uh, at the time, I think it was like 100 spots. And I was like, I'll take the first 10 spots and the last 10 spots. And he razzed it for, I think it was three grand, right? Yeah. PSA 9. <laughs> so this was like before the pandemic. And I somehow won, immediately sold it for three grand because I was like, the sticker rookie card is cool, but I want the actual Jordan yeah, rookie. Yeah. And then, like, fast forward eight months, and uh, so I sold it to um, Pack Profit, and uh, he ended up selling it or trading it for like thirty grand or forty grand in the trade. Yeah, and I was just like, and my, I remember my wife was like, "Why on earth would you sell that?" And I was like, you know, all I can faintly remember was you saying three thousand. Just it's a sticker. Just get three thousand dollars. And I was like, yeah, you're probably right. I can just buy a regular rookie, and then. The prices have exploded. And, if you uh, have, if you don't have a story like that, you haven't been in the hobby long enough. Yeah, I just and the only thing that that drives me nuts is I'm still on the lookout for a Jordan rookie. 
And at the shows, I just haven't found one yet. I, I feel like nationals, it might happen. I, I have a Tom Brady. It's a PSA nine uh, Bowman, not the Chrome. It's just the Bowman yeah. uh, rookie. But I, I want as much as I want to keep that. I would trade that for Jordan rookie of same value. Yeah, you'll you'll be able to find uh, you'll be able to find as many Jordans in whatever grade you wanted at the national, without a doubt. Yeah. yeah. And are you going this year? Yeah, yeah. We're well. So I'm in Maryland. So we're only two, I'm two hours away from Atlantic City. Okay. Yeah, I'm in Virginia. So I think I'm four, maybe five hours away. So well, I'm definitely gonna go. Yeah, it's uh, I'm looking forward to it just because it's so close. I mean. Chicago, I love Chicago. I mean, the venue and the area in Chicago is great, um, but it's just such a it's such a hassle to get out there. I mean, if you drive, it's long. If you fly, it's pain. Right. So Atlantic City is, and I'm super familiar with Atlantic City as well. Me too. I, I was just talking. <laughs> I was just talking to my buddies. I'm like, I'd like to stay at Harris Casino, but we'll see. So, yeah, I'm a Tropicana guy. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or Borgata, but Borgata is going to be priority booked. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Definitely need to book that ASAP. I didn't even buy tickets yet, but it sold out in Chicago, didn't it? Yeah, well, apparently they posted something on uh, on Instagram either today or yesterday about the Super VIP tickets are almost sold out. Yeah, I don't, do, you, do you do the VIP stuff or no? No, we, I, like I said, I help out the one dude, so we get dealer badges and... But the 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 Super VIP gets you in earlier, and I think you get like a special entrance. But the, all, all the autograph stuff isn't really worth it. No, you get a parking pass, though. Parking pass is actually super valuable in Atlantic City because parking sucks. I, but is it is it walking distance from the casinos? No. It's not? Okay. I mean, well, it is, I'll... but it's not a short walk. <laughs> yeah, mean, no. We'll probably just Uber it then. Yeah, from the casinos. I mean, it's so it's over near uh, – I mean, I don't know how, when last, or how familiar you are with Atlantic City, but – it's over – is it a Marriott that's right across the street? Okay. But, I mean, you're looking at a 20, 30-minute walk from the casinos. I mean, it's probably a mile, mile and a half. Yeah, I think, like – so, if I go to Nationals, I'll, I only have one objective, and that's what I already told you is to get a Jordan rookie. So, besides that, if I, if I go with – if my buddies go, then my the only other thing we'll be doing is I, I like blackjack – <laughs> I, I, I like I surf so if there's waves then I would be interested in, in the beach and then if I'm playing blackjack you know then there'll be drinking involved so I probably will not be driving anywhere <laughs> yeah um so I'm, I'm trying I'm still trying to figure out our guy normally takes the guy that we set up or uh, that I help out normally takes care of our lodging and everything but right I don't know what we're gonna do because you can't really rent rooms for everybody in Atlantic City it'll be too expensive I mean a couple years yeah. I got a good deal at the Hilton discount last year, but the years before we stayed at uh, Airbnbs and just rented a house. Okay. Cause we have, yeah. we have like 10 of us to go out to help out. So we got a big, yeah, that's big awesome. group. Yeah. One of the guys in, in the group chat was talking about getting a suite and that getting one big enough, we could all stay in and we would just split it. But I think Airbnb would probably be, more cost effective for sure yeah you just i mean there's some nicer places like up the jersey shore they just but then you got to uber in or i don't know it's not the it's not the most uh compared to chicago or even yeah. cleveland i mean cleveland's kind of in the middle of nowhere but to compare to chicago it's not the most friendly to get to i mean even if, if you're flying in you gotta fly into like philly and then take a <laughs> take yeah, a ride yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm driving for sure yeah so, do you do you participate in these trade events and stuff? 
<laughs> so I tried to go to some of the ones at the the national, and I literally felt like an old man. I mean, it's it's a lot. It's a younger <laughs> crowd. They're sprawled out on the floor or tables. I mean, we went to one like one of the unofficial ones, and I swear they had pulled uh, like carts out of storage in the hallway of the hotel and were like setting up their cards on these storage carts. And I was like, yeah, this, this isn't for me. <laughs> I, I just, so I went to collector cons and in my mind, envision it being like an Instagram story sailor trade. And I'm just not interested. I mean, it, it was like a good group of dudes and we're just hanging out. Sure. But I just, I don't know. I just don't want to deal with the bartering and the back and forth that like you said. I just, well, also my my interests are very specific, so I'm not really. I mean, I I have a bunch of modern stuff, but I mean, when if I'm right. spending any money, I'm buying like Ty Cobb stuff, and that's pretty much I all I've you. been spending. So I'm not finding that at a trade night, unfortunately. No, no, no. So a lot of times, so, a lot of times, it's just going there to kind of be social. I I guess uh, we didn't talk about it, but your so your Instagram account, right? I, I did the kind of deep dive on it and saw that it used to be, I don't want to say normal, but it was like just cards yeah. that you had for like PC pickup stuff, I guess, right? Like most people do. And then it's kind of morphed into like memes and stuff. So what, how, uh, yeah, how I don't really have a reason. About? I don't really have a reason behind that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I was, just... I mean, part of it was kind of boredom because I, so once again, going back to like right after pandemic started, I sold a ton of stuff for like a, almost all of my modern stuff. Right. And I started picking up some vintage and, but you can't, well, so I can't, I can't buy a $5,000 Thai Cobb card every month because right. that's a lot of money. Yeah. So, so I can't post pictures of new cards I picked up if I'm only buying expensive stuff. Right. So I was like, all right, I need to need to do something else here. So I'm going to start buying all these PSA one and low grade modern cards that are just cheap and funny. And then if I see something funny and I can make a crappy meme about it, then I'm going to do that too. I gotcha. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, so gonna... Seemed to be a little better than just posting pictures of Ronald Acuna and Juan Soto cards. <laughs> <laughs> That's what everybody else is wrestling. Yeah, exactly. So what? So what's the is there a method to the low grade PSA cards or are you just like, is there certain stuff you're looking for? I mean, for honestly, just... when, when we used to, uh, we used to send bulk orders in, we would always just pick out something weird that we had sitting around or found at the card shop or, cause I mean, back when you could grade cards for eight bucks, it was funny to get a, yeah, a folded in half piece of crap card that you pulled out of a pack graded and get a three on a four on it. But then I just kind of was like, all right, this is kind of interesting. I need something to keep my interest in the modern cards. Right. So I'm just going to keep browsing for low-grade modern stuff. And that's really – I mean, that. and then I started trying to do PSA 1 through 10 runs of cards that I had, like <laughs> Acuna Update, Soto Update, uh, the Kobe Fleer. Those three are the ones that I'm trying to do 1 through 10 runs on. But that's impossible. Are you close? I need a PSA three Soto update. That's it. There's one. There's one that exists. And and the guy doesn't want to come off of it. Or? I don't. I don't know where it is. I'm sure it got cracked out and sold raw. Oh, you're just <laughs> looking at the pot. You're looking at the popper. Pool. Yeah, I got you. I mean, you but yeah, there's to, really uh, no there's really no rhyme or reason behind that. Besides, it's something to do to keep me keep me entertained. 
I was going to say you could try to uh, make a, a three, but it'd probably cost too much to do that. Well, so I right now I, I'm sitting on a stack of of cards that I want to send in, but I can't justify sending them in for a hundred dollars a card. Like no, I'll, I, I'll light money on fire, but not a hundred dollars a card. So that's yeah, and that's that's interesting because I was just talking to somebody about that today. So like I have a stack of. The 2021 Bowman Chrome Prospects, um, not the draft, but just, you know, the one that uh, released, like, what was that, six months ago? Yeah. Five yeah. months ago, right? So I got a stack of color of the guys that I like, and some of it I probably should grade now and just move, but a lot of it I just want to hold on to long term or at least a year or two to see how these guys do or if they pan out. I don't want to spend $100 a card either, and I, I've already, like, made the compromise in my mind that if bolt came back at 50 i would send them all in at 50 but i've um, done the same i've done the same thing i I, pr- I pretty much have a pile of stuff i would send at 50 and stuff i'll send at 100 i got like four cards in the 100 dollar pile right and it's just same type of deal it's it's all bowman draft stuff from this year stuff that i just picked up in the last couple of weeks but uh so I don't, I don't know if you've uh sorry go ahead no you're good no, I was just gonna say because uh, BGS is what still hundred two hundred and forty bucks for the cheapest. I honestly, right? I honestly haven't paid attention to BGS in two years. To be completely I, honest, I have no I, idea what they charge or anything. I think they're cheapest, and that's so. I I, I like BGS slabs over PSA slabs, um, but and I you know and for a while there it was like BGS was cheap. The turnaround time was guaranteed. Yeah, yeah. It was it was like a no brainer for me, um, but I think it's like two hundred bucks. And so this is where I don't understand if people have some backdoor deal, some behind the scenes deal with BGS that they're getting prices that other people aren't getting. But like this, so for whatever reason with Bowman Chrome, I opened one hobby box with RBI Crew, and I got a Tovar, <clears throat> a Tovar Bowman First Auto base, and. uh Ezekiel Tovar. So I was like, cool. I don't know anything about this guy. So I started doing a little digging on him. And then I saw one of the guys that works at, um, what's the big uh, bullpen? So okay. Put out like put out, put out a prospect list and Tovar was on there and he did a little write-up. So I was like, cool. I just happened to get this guy. I'm going to start collecting him. That's my only rhyme and reason. That's it. I don't have any other reason. I don't think he's going to be a future that's, Hall of Famer. That's basically what I do when I find a guy. Some weird thing clicks in my head. And I'm like, all right, this guy's cool. Yeah. So so I was like, so I, I'm sitting on a stack of color, and then I'm always browsing eBay for a Tovar, Tovar Bowman First autos that come out, or any color, even if it's like non-auto, right? And I noticed that someone has a base, BGS, not. I'm like, who graded this, right? Because <laughs> if it costs 200 to grade, and then you know what they had it listed for on eBay? 125 bucks. And I was like, I will offer you 100 which is still less than it yeah. is to grade it. And uh, yeah, and he accepted it. And I was like, I don't understand what's going on. Yeah, I don't. I, I mean, you see that sometimes with PSA in the past, uh, the past year. You'll see random cards that people graded that are, even as a PSA 10, they were never worth the $150 that it costs to grade them. Right. And right. I know, I don't think people are getting, I mean, maybe BGS is, I don't think people are getting deals with PSA. I mean, I, don't I think, think they, so either. I think they stopped that like a while ago. I just think people are, I mean, as, as blunt as it sounds, I think people are dumb. <laughs> oh, no, they are. Yeah, I mean, I mean 
100%. People are sending dumb, dumb crap in because they're in this mythical world of grading makes everything super valuable, and it's not always that case. I, th- I think it's uh, – and it's weird, too, because I've done it where, like, I got a, uh, a PSA submission back a couple months ago, and I, I did, a, like, a live review on Instagram, and it's like you have to throw out that, that little caveat or disclaimer where it's like, well, I graded these before the prices were crazy, so don't yeah. judge me for all the stupid shit that's going to come out of these boxes. Sorry. Oh, I, I, have, I just had one move to QA1 from November of 2020 of Pokemon. Like, I don't even – care about pokemon but i could grade <laughs> I, could, I could grade the cards at 850 a card and i was yeah, like exactly i feel like i could make a few bucks but then i'm looking up i, I when the, i completely forgot that i sent it and i'm looking up some of the cards that i sent in and i'm like why did i send this like <laughs> this card is a psa 10 is a 25 dollar card now it probably wasn't i mean that's i'm dreading i have a hundred charizards at psa that i sent uh i want to say february or april so I'm kind of dreading, but they're 10 bucks a piece. So at the end of the day, I should be fine. Um, Cause those, a lot of those, the modern Pokemon stuff is pretty much a guaranteed 10. So. Yeah. See, I don't, uh, most of the stuff I sent in was evolutions and I picked through it like crazy, but I've normally pretty good, at, but I've never sent Pokemon before. The only stuff I've ever sent in was vintage beat the crap Pokemon. So I sent some of that too. Yeah. We had, I had a friend that, uh, we found her collection and spent like a whole day going through it. And then it took a year to come back. And by the time it came back, it was half the value that we sent it in at, but whatever, still made a few bucks for a closet find. Right. Yeah. That's not bad. But that stuff was yeah. like, we got like a Japanese Charizard that came back at two. Like that, that stuff was beat. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's pretty beat up. Does she have any of that stuff left? No, no, we, we sold it all. We consigned it all. I, I like looking for stuff like that for my son. So my, my middle son was this, you know, I say my he's 18 years old so he's a grown man like he graduated high school moved out already lives with his girlfriend has a job so but yeah so like but if I I like finding stuff like that that I know that he had as a kid or he likes and I I like sending him that stuff so well I got it he doesn't care about the grades in my Pokemon order coming back I sent in just because I love the low grade stuff I bought a beat up Charizard base base unlimited Charizard that I'm assuming when it comes back it's going to be like a one but yeah, if, it's anything higher, if it's anything higher than a one, I don't want it. So it can come right to you. Yeah, let me know. <laughs> he loves that stuff. Um, he, yeah, he does. He like he was that Pokemon kid when he was a kid. Like every Game Boy that was out as he grew up, he had every Pokemon game that went with it. And so, yeah. yeah and I think and we, were the, we were the generation right before Pokemon. Like yeah. I remember being in high school in 99. Like I wasn't going to mess with Pokemon. No, like I was. I never thought about it. Pokemon, Pokemon caught my eye again with uh, my buddy Brandon, Brandon uh, Bro Namath. He he sold that Charizard for seventy five thousand dollars last year to that uh, collector, collector guru, or whatever that dude's name is. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The bald dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that guy, the crypto king. The guy. Uh, he's put- got a. He's got a couple names. The guy who posts uh, think, his watches in every pick. Yeah. <laughs> I think that guy also is involved in the um, the Logan Paul saga as well, somehow. I think he was, like, one of the experts or something, but I don't know. <laughs> well, I know, he, I know he was the dude that a while ago bought, like, a fake first edition box. Yeah, he did. Yep, he is that guy. 
But he's also the one that that bought the the Charizard from Brandon too for seventy k or whatever it was. So yeah, I can't. Uh, we got so the the only reason I have any basic Pokemon knowledge is because the one guy that um is like the co owner of the shop that I we do at the national he set up in twenty eighteen and had all of all of this Pokemon first edition packs base unlimited packs and um I remember the dude Mealy Pops was all about buying all this stuff. And I was like, oh, I guess he's still into Pokemon based on everything that's came out over the last like six months. So yeah, I mean, I, obviously I like to, to make any sort of memes on any sort of <laughs> topical dramatic crap in the industry. So that's, that's right up there. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just, I, I, I don't know. I haven't really watched all the guys videos because they're very long, but I watched uh, the recap video. I mean, it seems pretty cut and dry to me that that's not legit. Yeah, but it does. I, also, yeah. I don't understand. I, the, the one thing I don't get is that dude, King Pokemon, and Logan Paul are like best friends. How does right. he not reach out to him to talk to him about that case before he buys it? So, and that's so the guy rattled Pokemon. He's done all this research, and uh, I guess we need to. Uh... This is just my opinion, even though I do have um, a lawyer on retainer. Um, the, the, the guy that the guy the guy that did the last podcast, Brian, hitting touchdown, said he would represent me in anything that happens. But uh, um, so the guy rattled Pokemon did his due diligence. I feel like and and really dug in on that box, right? So yeah, for it to I think for it to come out as being real would be very surprising. The thing that I haven't I haven't heard or seen anyone say this is like, could all this be a setup because of what you said, right? So does did Logan Paul know it was fake this whole time just to get clicks, just to set it up as like uh to get views or for people to watch? Because I, I just it's weird how it was like Logan Paul buys three million dollar case, right? And then all of a sudden the Raw Pokemon guy was like, hey, wait a minute, I don't think it's real. So that was like the entire buzz for, and now it's just radio silence. Like, hey, we're gonna go open it. And then yeah, why did I mean? There is some truth to that. I mean, why didn't that come out in the last six months since the case was found and sold to Shine? Right, right. I mean, and we, it's weird is I don't I don't know Shine. I have uh, one of my relatives is actually friends with them, and I haven't asked her yet. But like, it, I was like, man, if I could get him on the podcast, that'd be cool. But he probably doesn't want to talk about that. <laughs> No, I can't imagine. Especially after this. I mean, and I, I asked the Rattle Pokemon dude too. Like, hey, you want to come on the podcast? And uh, he was like, I'm a little busy at the moment. I was like, Well, yeah, I think, I mean, I think when it comes down to Shine and Logan Paul, if that if that case is fake, between them, they can handle the money situation, no problem. Once it gets past Shine, back down to whatever, Mealy Pops and Card Kahuna, like, I mean, I don't know if those dudes still have two million dollars sitting around well so if, if you've been watching the videos car is a uh, 150 million young man or something he said, i did see that too and, <laughs> and and i was like who talks like that yeah people, <laughs> if you got 150 million dollars you don't talk like that i no. mean i know some people with a little bit of money and none of them are ever talking like that no <laughs> so yeah there's definitely i don't so i think i think there's i think it's a two-part thing i think um maybe those guys sold a fake case and didn't realize it, or they just sold the case. Right. And thought that it was like the find of the century. But I also feel like maybe Logan Paul knew it was fake and bought it anyways 
for the must-see TV aspect of it and the views and the clicks. I mean, that's the thing that I've been thinking about lately. Where I'm like, because I mean, like you big, said, it's a big, that's a big investment to get views and clicks, though. It is, but at the same time, it's like, like you said, he knows people that are supposedly experts, right? That he could ask questions, and like, I don't, I, I. I don't do anything really. I mean, number one, like, well, when it comes to cards, I don't talk to my wife about any of this stuff because she could care less. But <laughs> if I'm, if I'm, if I'm making trades or buying and selling stuff, I do like, I reach out to the homies and I'm like, Hey, yeah. what do you guys think of this? You know what I mean? Yeah. No, um, I, unless it's, I unless it's just something I want and I don't care what anyone else says or thinks I, you know, no. You, and you got to do that. I mean, like I said, most of the stuff that I have now is like Ty Cobb stuff. And I've only been buying that for like the past two years so i definitely don't have some big wealth of knowledge right so if i'm buying something like that i'm asking there's a couple couple guys that i've became friendly with and i'll be like hey what are your thoughts here what are your thoughts here so that's that's why it doesn't make sense that you're going to spend three and a half million dollars on some super rare one of one thing and you're not going to ask a guy that you got his phone number who's literally the most knowledgeable person on that doesn't make sense no, it doesn't. And that, that's the only reason I feel like, and what, like what you said too, um, Logan Paul can afford to take the $3.5 million loss. It appears that Shine can as well, or at least refunding. Now, after that, like you said, who knows? But I don't know. If first... I found some if I found some $100,000 thing and had a $2 million come up, I don't think six months later I'd still have that $2 million. <laughs> I, I, w- I would not. I would have uh, 500 base prison John Morant sitting yeah. here. So I'm stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have spent it wisely, I guess. But uh, no, you definitely waste some of that money. So hopefully they get it all worked out. I mean, I, I have very minor dealings with Mealy Pops, dude. He seems like a good dude. So hopefully, I mean, hopefully he didn't do anything. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't that's think he thing. did, but I, like you said, maybe they unintentionally had something. And yeah, I I don't. I I found it interesting, and I'm not, I'm not gonna say any names, but through this whole thing the amount of people that I've seen post or say negative things about some of the people involved, I, I was kind of surprised by it. Cause I was like, I was just saying all the silence over the last three days makes, makes me believe that it's not legit. Yeah. That, that it, well, I mean, right. And it seems like that the only logical explanation would be that people are backtracking or trying to figure out what, how they're going to get their story straight when all this stuff busts loose of yeah. uh, it being fake, but we'll see it. The thing that's the funniest to me in the last three years being back in cards and I relate it to work is uh, I had this boss one time and she was like, you know, everything's good at work until there's drama. And she was like, and who starts all the drama? And I was like, who's that? And she was like, all the fucking old dudes. The old dudes are always causing all the drama. (laughs) It's kind of true. It's weird. (laughs) She was like, people are always talking shit saying it's girls, but. So he's the old dudes. No, you're right. It <laughs> definitely is. I'm thinking. I'm thinking about work now too. Actually, I'm the old dude at work, so I don't. <laughs> no. So like, like I said, I'm in the military, right? And uh, I'm at one of our training facilities, and um, you know, in the military, you're like always a young guy, always a young guy, always a young guy. And then now, all of a sudden, I'm not the young guy, and like I go our galley is what we call it or lunch the place where everyone goes to eat lunch and like i can't go in there anymore because there's kids that have since joined the military that are younger than my two sons <laughs> and i'm just like i don't want to eat in here anymore so i don't eat in there yeah. anymore. Like, I don't... i'm gonna eat by myself somewhere else 
Yeah, I don't want to be the old guy at lunch. Like, so it is what it is. And well, I'm not that old. I'm only 39. So yeah, I mean, I had I had somebody the same situation at work. She's like, I think uh, she's like, I think my mom wants to. She wants to get a job here, but she doesn't want to be the old person. And I was like, How old's your mom? She's like 37. I was like, That's a year younger than me. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, your mom's not going to be the old person. Trust me. Oh, that's funny. What uh? So I guess have you always collected cards then since you were a kid or? Yeah, I have. So we, uh, I collected cards going out. My my brother and my cousin and I. Um, actually, it was kind of funny. Last at Christmas, my aunt brings out like VHS tapes, and there's videos of like us opening boxes of 1996 SPX baseball and my me my me and my brother like arguing about the prices of cards. And uh, my cousin was a big basketball guy, but me and my brother did baseball and didn't really get into football too much. And then I, I got out of it when I got into high school and then got back into it like 2007, 2008 for a little bit and just got back right. into thing like 2017. Yeah, and, I think, I guess, yeah, same. I mean, everybody's kind of had those. I mean, if you've stayed in cards your whole life from a kid, good for you. But the people I know definitely have not. <laughs> Yeah, Everybody no, took same, a couple same. breaks. Yeah, I took I took a couple long breaks. Um, so when you were a kid, did you collect or like? Are you big? Or did you grow up in Baltimore? I did. So I honestly, I kind of didn't really collect anything. So back in the late '90s, it was when eBay really started like popping off. So I had I've had an eBay account since like '98, and back then there used to be card shows at every mall every weekend. Yep. You could go to a card show. And I just remember going to card shows, digging through dollar boxes, trying to find stuff that I could flip on eBay. And back then, eBay was you mailed somebody six dollars and twenty five cents taped to an index card in an envelope. And then they mailed you the card back in a self-addressed or it's like a self-addressed stamp envelope. It was super simple. Wow. People would send cash, checks, money orders. So that was kind of what I did. I didn't really collect anything. I only really actually collected like in the past couple of years. It was always just buying stuff to kind of flip and. Right. But now, now it's, I kind of buy stuff that I still am interested in making a few bucks on, but it's more stuff that I like. Right. I so. gotcha. Yeah. So when I was a kid, I, I think for me, I, I just, I loved cards only because I was more of a, as a kid, I was more of a, I liked certain players not so much the teams until I got um, uh, maybe middle school is when I really started to like decide on the teams I liked and uh, the teams I wanted to root for. But um, oh, I'm a huge, yeah. or, I'm a huge Orioles and Ravens fan, but oh, yeah. I don't buy any of their cards. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> I, I did just buy traded. some Lamar stuff. I do like Lamar. I, I do have some Lamar stuff, but I stay away from Orioles because we know they're horrible and yeah. all their prospects are just going to, make me hate life if I spend money on them and then hate it even more when they fail, when they make it to the majors. <laughs> yeah. And it's tough too. Cause the Orioles have had some very high picks the last couple of years. Yeah. So we'll see, we'll see how they turn out. I mean, I know a lot of people are big on Adley. Um, I guess Heston was a surprise pick last year for them. And then uh, the Cowser kid, everyone's big on too. Or, yeah. And Grace, we'll Grace Rodriguez is the, is the next whatever starting pitcher, the, the top pitching prospect him and Adley. I mean, we should see him this year, hopefully. Yeah, Adley, I think for sure, right? I think I think that's a tough part too with the people that are 
newer to the hobby and then like even with like baseball prospects like these guys aren't supposed to play in the majors till they're like 20 something not 19 and 20 like well we kind of got spoiled we got spoiled with guys like soto acuna and tatis and vlad i mean all of that stuff happening that i mean all that in the last couple years is that's normally not how it works no not at all and people don't know that no because that's what you you know because people were just like what is going on with wander i was like nothing it's part of the process (laughs) he's 20 he's old getting called up to the majors yeah so but but yeah yeah i mean i one of the one of the biggest reasons why i have half the cards that i have now is because of buying into juan soto stuff when he was cheap like i i was buying soto like when he came when his stuff came out in like 2018 and when his well his rookie stuff came out in 2018 and i remember picking up bowman chrome true gems for 125 bucks wow and stuff like that i mean i literally would say my entire collection and everything that i have from the, like at this point is because of buying juan soto back in 2017 and 2018 <laughs> uh, you know and juan soto this past year you know he he I wouldn't call it a slump, but he started off slow. There was definitely a window where you could have bought a shit ton of Juan Soto in season. Oh, yeah. And made a shit ton of money this year. Oh, but, yeah. you know, man, So speaking of Soto, I, and this just triggered a memory for me. At the Collector Con, the first one, I had a PSA 9 of the Juan Soto hands on his hips. And, uh, yeah. This kid walks up to me and he's like, "Hey, is that soda for sale?" I'm like, "I'm like, I'm like, yes, it's in the case. Of course, it's for sale." Um, what, and that doesn't mean we... anything. That doesn't mean anything at a card show. I know. And he <laughs> was like, "I'm a huge Juan Soto fan. I'd love to have this card. I know it's comping at this. Would you sell it for this?" And I was like, "Uh, sure. You're a Juan Soto fan. No problem. Um, you know." And it was cash. And I was like, "Cool." So same fast forward, same kid comes up to me in September or whenever. Yeah. Or when, what was that show? November? Yeah. November. I don't know. Anyways, like a month or two ago, comes up to me and he's like, Hey, you sold me that one soda. I was like, yeah. Yeah. I remember you, you know? And he's like, yeah, I traded it for whatever, for like double and this and that. And I was like, cool, man. I'm glad I helped you out. And I was like, I was like, I never forget a face. So if you ever come back here, you will not get a deal. <laughs> Everybody's a big fan of the guy they want to deal on. Gosh, man. I was just, I couldn't believe it. And I was like, damn, you have to come over here and tell me that. You could have just said hello and left it at that. Jesus. Yeah, that's that's like that. You remember that? You remember the video of, uh, what's his name? The one dude at the airport making the deal with uh, Mike. Oh, my gosh. It, yeah. I swear to God, that would, I, I'm not a violent person, but I would have smacked the shit out of that guy. <laughs> I, I just, I don't, um, that I, I remember seeing that video and just thinking the guy Mike, which I don't know him. I think it's MC Sports Card Dragon. Like, I'm not even. Yeah, he's a good. He's a good. It, was, it was. It wasn't a big deal because he made money too at the end of the day. But I was just like, he's, I, he's a good dude. He's never gonna say anything negative about anybody. I just couldn't deal with someone like that. I'd be like, please get away. No, from God, me. no, 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 so, not at all. But the. Uh, yeah, that that that's a lot of that younger, not I say younger, but newer to the to the right. industry. Not necessarily younger, just newer. Well, that and that's the other weird thing at the card show is the uh, amount of people with cameras, 
filming themselves or having someone film them. And I, I just, the only thing I'm not a fan of, and I guess this is where I'm an old man, is I, I'm just not into the uh, over-the-top breakers. And uh, if it's genuine, by all means, but just the screaming, the yelling, the I just, I'm not into it at all. And then especially no. at the card show, it's like all around you. Yeah, I, I honestly, I expected to see, I mean, of course, at the National, you had a ton of people walking around with cameras, but I really did expect to see more. I mean, I, I thought it was going to be like everybody walking up to the booth wanted to take pictures of everything and take pictures of their cash and their cards on the table. And it wasn't it wasn't as much as I thought. Yeah, I guess yeah, it's, it's still weird, there, though. I think it's going to be a lot more. It's still a weird scene. I just I don't get it. It is what it is, though. What yeah. did uh, before when we were talking before the show, you're saying mentioning something about the uh, the golden sales. Are you talking about the Giannis? Yeah, and the, the <laughs> I mean, all the golden sales are crazy. I mean, they, they do a good job with getting high prices, but I mean, the Giannis green is the one that was weird, and then the other one with the Giannis silver, and then the lot of all the Giannis silvers and sold for 10 grand cheaper or eight grand cheaper, whatever it was. Yeah, I actually uh, felt bad. I actually feel bad for whoever bought the single one for 31 and the lot sold for 20, whatever. So. I mean, a lot of uh, some some people try to justify it as lazy buyers, and maybe that's the case. But how lazy can you be? I mean, if I'm, I, I mean, I I know everybody's value or everybody's uh, definition of what's a lot is different. But if I'm spending right. forty grand on something, thirty grand on something, I mean, I'm gonna put in a little bit of effort. I mean, forty you grand think. might forty grand might be five dollars to that person, but. I don't know. I'm going to put in a little bit of effort to make sure they can't find it cheaper somewhere else or comparable. Or, I don't know. No. And the, and the thing that I find that's weird about that sale is like, if you're on golden site, which uh, their site could use an upgrade, but if you search, Giannis, but it has been upgraded, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you, if you search Giannis, all the Giannis has come up. So I'm not, I'm not really sure what happened there with that buyer. Like, yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean, Ken, Kenny Golden has had me blocked on social media for a year at this point. So. Oh really? Why? Uh, he didn't like when I was making fun of his website for going down like every auction for the last three years up until like. I mean, they did fix it. I'll give him credit. But every auction, it would go down from like 2019 to like early 2021. Every auction would, at the end of extended bidding, it would take a crap. So I would make post about it. <laughs> have, you, have you ever have you ever bought anything from them? Yeah, I, I actually bought something from their last. Well, not the one that just ended, but I bought some cheap stuff from the last uh, the last auction. I mean, and so how do, how does it work? Because so I just sold a card on there. Um, so you sent so, them something. You sent them something to sell. Yeah. So okay. how does how does it work on the buying end of it? Um, so you pay. You it, have to you have to pay within ten days. And then just like every other auction house, well, not, I, I say every other auction house, Heritage and Golden aren't the fastest with shipping. Okay. So you got you have to pay within 10 days. That one, the one that I bought ended right around Christmas. So like I paid for it the day after Christmas. Um, I think I had until like New Year's to pay or something like that. And then uh, it shipped, when did I get it? Like, uh, I think it came Friday, last Friday. Okay. But they, I mean, I, I expect when you buy from these auction houses, it's only... The only auction house that ships super quick is Mile High and Robert Edwards. They ship next day once you pay. But Heritage and Golden always take a while. But it takes 
you have 10 days to pay. I don't know how long it takes for sellers to get paid out though. Right. So what, uh, so what if you don't pay what happens? Anything? I mean, they take, I mean, I had to send, I had to get my, I've only bought, actually, no, I did buy something. I mean, this, this auction, I think I bought like a $1,200 worth of stuff from them in the last one. But I mean, I think I've spent six or seven grand in an auction there before, but do right. you have to, I had to send them um, like proof that I had some money. So I sent them like, like yeah. a credit card of like open a balance on a credit card that I had. And then I sent like a picture of like a, um, one of my bank accounts showing that I had cash and they raised my limit. So I guess they're trying to vet people, but right. I don't know what happens if you don't pay for something. Yeah. Because somebody, somebody I know local told me that one of their friends sent them a card and I forget what it was. It was a Vlad something. And it sold for 10, 12 grand and a month after they still hadn't been paid because the card never got paid for. Mm. So hopefully you don't run into that situation. How'd your car do? Or did it do all right? Yeah, it did. It didn't do what I thought it was going to do. It did what a couple other people thought it might do. Um, so I had the um, Lamello Ball Anthony Edwards 101 blockchain. Um, okay. And we sent it to PSA and it got a PSA 10. Um, so was that a lo- is that a logo man or an auto or? Yeah, it's a it's a logo man. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean, it, it was really weird because it, it ended lower than I thought. And then through the extended bidding process, it, it ended closer to what I thought it was going to do. But I, I think, you know, and I've talked about this before, like people in the card community are just snobs, right? Like uh, Golden <laughs> Golden posted it and <clears throat> I think it was Nat Turner wrote a comment about how there were sticker autos on it. And then someone else posted about how, it's not game worn, and, and I agree. Um, yes, for a one of one, like it should not be a sticker auto, and maybe it should be game worn. But then I was like, these people making these comments, not Nat Turner, but like, how many National Treasures cards are actually game worn, player worn? The last couple of years. Oh yeah, they're all player worn. Right, and then the last <laughs> two years, they're not even player worn. They're just. Yeah. Uh, guaranteed material whatever that means yeah so then you know they're not even like having them try it on it's just like this is a hornet's jersey and we cut the logo out and stuck it on here so. yeah i mean I, I'm, a, I'm as much of a snob as anyone when it comes to that type of stuff but i i don't understand i mean along the same lines like how is someone spending what what did the last luca nt sell for 700 grand and yeah. like you said it's not i mean whether you believe, I mean, I don't, I'm assuming it's legitimately his auto, but it's, it's player worn stuff. It's weird to me that that's the, that's a $700,000 card. It, it is weird. And it's even weirder to think that uh, an Anthony Davis logo man auto last year sold for 1.5 million. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I still think, I still think one of the craziest deals that I think we're all going to look back on in five years and be like, well, rich guy didn't really go broke over it, but how do you spend $4 million for the Luca logo, man? What does Luca have to do to make that card worth more than $4 million? Nothing. And that's so, and that's, I just, I don't, you know, I, I've, I've talked about this a few times where I never realized that 
people our age or men our age, maybe women too, but I'm not aware, but I, I didn't realize before the pandemic, the amount of money spent on sports betting. Right. And then when the sports betting stopped and people had to look at something else to spend money on, they jumped in the collectibles. Yeah. Um, cause I, cause I did, you know, it was like, what can I buy that I wanted that I didn't have as a kid or what, you know, like how can I spend my money or like what, and, and someone, I think Brian was saying it the last podcast, like, it, like sports cards to a lot of people is just another gamble. Like you see the guys ripping night after night, thousands of dollars. Yeah. It, it's a straight up at this point at those prices, it's a straight up gamble. There's no, yeah. uh, I mean, and I, and I always justify card my wife anyways, where I'm like, listen, if I'm going to spend a thousand dollars on a box of prism, why not spend $800 on a case break where I'm only trying to I'm a Jags fan. Makes more sense to me. I would skunking $800 in a case break than a thousand dollars on one box and not even get a base. Yeah, at least I had 12 boxes. I take it one step. Yeah, and I take it one step further. I'm like, all right, I'm going to spend $800 on one Trevor Lawrence card that I want instead. Right, right. And I and, and I've been doing that too, yeah. Yeah, and that's the kind of like you said it's gambling, but there I think of it as hedging, I mean, not hedging your bet, but like a more uh oh, it's use think of it like a stock term. Instead of betting, right. instead of investing in your startup, you're investing in Tesla or Apple. Right. So that's right. why I'll buy the Tom Brady rookie or the Ty Cobb T206. And then I'll dabble a little bit in your Bowman draft guy, but the bigger money is going into the more steady funds that you know aren't gonna, aren't going to go crazy. Either way, they might go up a little bit, they might go down a little bit, but they're not going to do anything drastic. And that's kind of my look at going after anything. Well, and that's and and you know in the card thing, there hasn't been too like it's such a risk to hold any of these young guys or new guys long-term too. I mean, people were telling me I was crazy last year because I sold all my Wander Franco Bowman first um, during spring. They were like, they went crazy during spring. And just because people said I was crazy, I consistently checked the prices on the same cards (laughs) and I, I, I didn't lose any money. They haven't, they haven't gotten higher than, what I sold them for during the spring. So, uh, and that's the same thing, like you said, right? Like with the Luca thing, like what more does Wander have to do? Yes. He was, he was super hot. He had the hit streak going, but I mean, he's got a long career and I, and I'm one of the people I, I've said all the time. I'm, I think Luke is a bad investment. So. Yeah. Well, I just, I, yeah, I think a lot ahead, of, sorry. sorry. No, no, go ahead. Sorry. I was just, the, the one thing that I always tell people is when you're buying these younger guys, their performance on the court or the field is important. But what's more important is that pe- other people, if you're just trying to make money off of it, you need other people to think that these guys are going to be good. It doesn't matter right. whether they're actually good. You just need people to think they're going to become good. So like Zion, I think Zion right now is probably a good buy because like, like I said, I don't follow basketball a ton, but I know that, so many people have invested so much money into Zion. As soon as he's back rehabbing or whatever he's doing, 
his prices are going to start ticking up because people are going to be like, all right, well, I want to get some Zion now. I want to get some Zion and you can make money and he's never going to, and you can sell before he even steps on the court again. Right. Right. Yeah. Just the news of him being healthy and ready to go. Yeah. So a lot of times people are looking for like the next hall of Famer or the next superstar. But if you're literally just trying to make a few bucks and make some money, you don't have to wait that long. No, no. At Zion's a good buy. Um, his stuff is is relatively cheap compared to what it was. Um, and if he comes back and plays well, and I, he's not going to play this year. I don't know if they announced that or not, but I, I'm 99% sure he's not going to play this year. Um, yeah, it doesn't look like it from everything that I've seen, just casually. No, and there's and I, and there's a couple weird stuff coming out with that too, where like he's under the team's supervision, but rehabbing away away from the team, which sounds like he doesn't want to be in New Orleans. Even yeah, if that's yeah. not the message he's sending, but yeah. Um, so there's some weird stuff with that, but. Yeah, there's definitely – there's always room to make a buck or two to, or to trade up. It's just about connecting, like you said, the guys that think the guys are good or that somebody wants something that you have and maybe you, they have something you want, you know. But that's – I think, uh, like, last year, God, I traded a John Morant, maybe a red, white, and blue, or it wasn't even a silver um, – God, I don't remember. And maybe a Zion. It was oh you know what it was it was a Zion base at its peak and a John Morant at its peak I think um, I'll give you one guess as to what I traded those two cards for. Uh, well, I know it's not a Jordan rookie. No, <laughs> I, I don't know Brady. It was a Mike Trout update nine five. Yeah, that was had... probably the best trade I did. And God, if that you... person's listening. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> So speak, I mean, if uh, I have one trade, I mean, I've made, I don't really make a ton of trades, but I have one trade that I, I always like to talk about because it was just an epic, an epic trade. So I don't know if you know, um, B cot cards or Bill Cotgrave. He's got like a crazy Juan Soto collection. Mm-mm, but I'm, like, I'm going to look after this. Like he has the super fractor from, uh, 2018 update and wow. he's got like a red Bowman Chrome first. I mean, he's got crazy stuff. Um, but I traded him basically all my higher end ish Juan Soto stuff. Bowman first. I had a BGS 10 update auto. Um, I had a bunch of like Marco Luciano stuff, some Acuna stuff, some Tatis Bowman Chrome stuff. And I traded all that to him. And this would have been last January. So a year ago, I traded all that stuff to him for a 52 tops mantle PSA two five. Wow. So, I mean, how are you ever going to make a deal where you can trade a bunch of like three to five thousand dollar modern cards for a twenty five thousand dollar at the time, uh, 52 tops mantle? So I had to make that deal. That was like yeah, my that's yeah. like the most epic trade that I could ever make. Holy cow. Yeah. So what, what's what's the deal with the mantle? Did you put it in a safety deposit box so you don't look I, at it? I actually sold it at the peak of mantle prices. Did you? I sold it yeah. in uh, March or April for, once again, I don't want to, I sold no, it for no, no, no. more than it's worth. Yeah, you don't, yeah, you don't have to say. But, yeah, but I mean, I sold I sold it for more than, like, they still, a 2.5 still hasn't sold for what I sold it for. So, wow. I, feel, I feel good about that. I mean, it's a nice 2.5, but I mean, I just, I figured I could use the money to 
buy other stuff. And honestly, yeah. owning a owning a twenty five thousand dollar card isn't really my wheelhouse. No, uh, me either. I uh, I had I've had some bigger modern cards, and I've since got rid of them all. <laughs> I mean, I like I'm I'm comfortable in the five to ten thousand dollar range, and I know that's nothing for the majority of the hobby at this point. But that's a ton of money to to a lot of people, so I'm comfortable in that range. I'll tell you what, I, I'm, that's more than I'm comfortable with. Like uh, the Tom Brady, I'm comfortable with that thing that bounces between three and five grand. Yeah. I'm comfortable with that because it's the Tom Brady, but most of the modern stuff or the newer stuff, I, I would not be comfortable with. Well, it was funny. So when I, sold, when I sold the card for what I sold it for, I was like, all right, I'm going to spend 15 grand. I want to buy another Jackie Robinson rookie. And then I found one and I couldn't pull the trigger. I was like, I can't right. spend I can't spend $15,000 on a card. I'm like, that's so much money. And then I yeah. see these people doing 1.5 million and I'm like, we're just on different levels. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. I, and that good for those people. I'll, even if I had the money, I'll never be there. Um, I just, I just, I had the money and I still couldn't do a five figure deal. It just wasn't, I just couldn't do it. I'd rather have three $5,000 cards than one $15,000 card. Absolutely. No. And it's, it's one of those things where, um, like, I always wanted a Ford Raptor, right? Always wanted one. Um, and then finally it came to the point where, like, I can afford one. And <clears throat> I asked my wife, I'm like, hey, I want to buy the Ford Raptor. Are you good with that? And she was like, yeah, you've worked really hard. If you want to buy a Ford Raptor, go buy it. And I was like, cool, thinking, like, this is it. I got the green light. I went to the dealership, saw the 90 dollars dollars price, and was like, <laughs> Not doing it. So I actually bought a Tacoma. Um, long also story a nice, bought, also a nice truck. Yeah, I bought a I bought a um, TRD off road Tacoma, and it was actually a one year used. So I bought that in 2018. I bought a 2017 and 18. Right. Um, this past week, I actually sold it for thirty three thousand dollars. Yeah, see, that's like, that's that's crazy too. Like, uh, so my previous life, I I was a car guy, so I'm still it's in my blood. Is I'm still a car right. guy. But uh, I know people selling stuff that they've owned for three or four years and they're getting what they paid for. Yeah, I was so, yeah, and long story short, I have a commuter car here, a Volkswagen Jetta. And I was like, yeah, I'll buy another truck whenever whenever we move from Virginia. And I, because I'm going to retire from the Coast Guard here soon. But uh, I was like, whenever we move back to Florida, I'll get another truck later. I don't, I don't even need one right now. I got this commuter car. And I was like, you guys are going to pay me more than what I paid for it please take the truck. Yeah, exactly. Hands. Well, I, I, uh, I keep looking, I've been driving a 2014 Accord for the past seven years and I've never kept a car that long, but I was driving yep. 200 miles a day for a while. So I needed something like that. And then I keep looking at, I'm like, I should go out and get something nice. Like, and then I just look at the prices of cars and I'm like, all right, never mind. I'm driving this thing until it falls apart. Yeah. I mean, I think at a certain point, like for me anyways, I, I used to be a car person and um, my thing before was, uh, I like Volkswagens, uh, the GTIs and the R's and, uh, but I, somewhere along the line, I just stopped caring. I don't know what it was. And then whenever my wife, I finally got to the point where she was like, buy, buy the $90,000 truck. And I went and I was like, not buying the $90,000 <laughs> truck, just not doing it. So, yeah, no, I, I, I definitely understand that. Even when I, even when I bought my Accord, I was, I still had like a, a fun car. And uh, actually, get, getting rid of all the cars is kind of what got me back into cards 
because I right. needed or I needed another hobby and I was tired of wasting money on cars <laughs> when I could yeah. buy cards and actually make a few bucks and still have something to kind of keep me busy. Yeah, I'm actually thinking about getting back into cars. Um a, a couple of my buddies we were talking about maybe buying like uh as investments either short term or or maybe not really long term but just uh numbered cars and holding them for like six months and then selling them because that market's huge oh yeah that's like you're talking like the the dodge stuff and the mm-hmm. yeah yep so um a lot of my friends a lot of my friends are still drag racing and stuff like that so that's where my my background is okay so yeah that that stuff's crazy you want to talk about a flip yeah you want to talk about yeah i, I had a i had a friend that bought some of the first uh what were the, the, was it, uh, yeah, the demon, the, the demon, yep. he bought a couple of the demons, one to keep and one to, one to flip. And I know, I'm, I don't know if he still has them, but all I know is they were big money. Yeah, they're, they're big money. And that's a, it's funny. I know a guy that got out of the military, got a really good paying job. And I remember he bought one and his wife wanted one and he had two. Actually, call him and see if he still has to. So that's 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 a uh, yeah. You talk. You think, so, you yeah, we'll you think the card world? You think that the card world has a bunch of rich guys that spend money, and you're never the richest guy in the room? Well, the the drag racing and car the car world of like any sort of racing is is the same way. Like you're, you'll oh. go to an event and you'll see two million dollar toe setups, and I mean. If you think you got a lot of money, go to a drag race event. <laughs> oh, it's it's worse. It's way worse. My, yeah. so my, I have, I have an it. uncle. Um, I have an uncle worth a lot of like he's a millionaire. Um, his everyday driver was uh, he was driving a Ferrari Spider at one point. Nice. Um, he he races. Um, he does races, not drag races. Like they do, like rap races with races with a bunch of other rich guys and uh, yeah. I remember asking him, like, what if you crash this fucking thing? And he was like, oh, it's done. Insurance doesn't insure these. I'm like, wait, these guys are racing these Porsches and shit with the idea of just blowing them up or wrecking them in the wall? And he was like, yeah, none of these, all these people have, like, (laughs) fuck you money. They don't care about that. And I was like, but I was like, but you're a cheap ass. You do. And he was like, oh, I do. I do not want to wreck at all. He's he's a cheap, rich guy. (laughs) That's how you stay rich. But yeah, but I mean, like these guys are just like souped up turbo uh, Porsche 911, just slamming them into the wall. And I was just like, are you kidding me right now? Like, and no fucks given whatsoever. Just yeah, like, oh, no. I guess I'll get another one. Yeah, must yeah. be nice. <laughs> yeah, it must be. that I, I'll never see a penny of that from him. So it is what it is. <laughs> oh, man. Well, it sounds like we got similar backgrounds. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um well, we—I mean—we've gone over an hour. Was there? Is there anything else you wanted to touch on or talk about? It's funny because I never know how these things are going to go. I mean, we talked about cards, but we kind of all over the place. But I like it like that. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, I think I think we touch base on just about everything. Everything important, at least. I mean, yeah, I got nothing else. I appreciate you. Appreciate you bringing me on. Yeah, no, I'm I'm glad you came on. I thought it was really good. Um, so again, that's Titty Subs or Matt, if you want to call him Matt. Uh, I don't, you know, if you see him at the show and you want to say, hey, Titty, I guess that's up to you. <laughs> I'll answer. 
so but yeah i look forward to it. we'll uh, we'll get up at uh at nationals for sure um i'll probably i'll be at the show i know we'll probably have a table but we won't be there type of thing so uh but yeah i'll get up with you at the show at nationals and uh we'll grab a drink and maybe play some blackjack or something so yeah i'm definitely down i'll be there all week from tuesday to sunday cool man appreciate it thanks for coming on thanks Alrighty, later thanks for listening to the break and wax podcast please if you enjoyed it share it um, send the link out put it on your story I welcome all feedback and comments send me a message let me know what you're thinking about what you want to talk about and if you want to be a guest on the show I answer all my DMs I think it's weird when people don't that's another story for another day again thank you for listening I appreciate the support and all the love peace peace